Well, hello, hello again, everyone, and welcome in. It's another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, Jeff Ekstrom alongside Luke Mullen. Luke, we've been preaching it. We've been talking about it, and it's finally here. The month of February, state wrestling, district basketball, everything kind of accumulates in the road to state tournaments here in February, and it's finally here. Absolutely. I mean, I I couldn't even wait an extra day. Had a column, you know, to come out February first, January thirty first. I, you know, I'm putting the district <laughs> yeah. assignments together. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm ready to play these games. Yeah, you know? come on. <laughs> we'll just fast forward to district play. Man. Yeah, <laughs> but we still have plenty of regular season basketball. Uh, final couple weeks, which yeah. teams we're kind of seeing separation of state tournament teams and teams who might be on the outside looking in, but. These next couple weeks are going to be really interesting, especially when I look at Class A, because a lot of depth, you're going to have some very good quality teams be two seeds. Um, and I mean, I was just looking at some projected district seedings the other day, and man, loaded. Absolutely. And it's really one of those things, too, where, you know, if you're a team that's like 10 or 12 or, you know, 14, whatever it be in wildcard points, earlier in the year, obviously, you have all, you have all the time in the world and now you're like, okay, I got like four games left. You know, there's yeah. there's obviously plenty of potential to change, but ultimately, you know, you're kind of locked in at this point. You know, you know what your standing is, and and really, you got to put your your best foot forward, and you know, take those last few challenging games as they are. The final stretch, and soon Luke and I will be discussing district pairings. Very, very exciting. Well, Luke, let's recap what happens. We're going to start on the girls' side, as always, leading us off in Class A, Lincoln Southwest, who's been up and down in the rankings in the top 10 all season long. They were 7th last week, and they are bumped up by Clark Grell, our feelers leader, up to number 3 after upsetting Omaha Central, who looked to be in that top echelon of teams who really separated themselves for the rest of the field. Southwest beats them 60-46. For sure, and you know that's just a couple of days after, I think, playing Fremont within 3, uh, you know, holding them to, to one of their worst shooting performances of the year and doing pretty much the same against Central, too. And, I mean, that that was definitely a focus under Jeff Rump, you know, kind of that defensive style. You know, Tim Barata, he's coming in. And, obviously, we expected a lot of continuity, and it's it's definitely been there. You know, they're playing the same style of basketball. They're doing a fantastic job at it. And what I really like about that Southwest girls team, too, is they have a bunch of different capable scorers, which is just super important. Uh, Freddie Wallace, leading scorer at 11.5 points per game. Kennedy Williams, 10.4 Brindley Christensen and Nia Seymour and McKenna Rathburn all seven points or more. So you got five different scorers all over seven points. You know, they're a they're a team that can that can score and obviously now locking on the defensive side too. So having them up there at the top five, up there at number three, uh, from Clark Growl definitely, you know, shows the the improvements, the strides they've made and and you know, coming into some of the best uh games and action of the season right now. And the way it's looking, it's been this way the last couple of years, especially in Class A girls, is just the top four have really been really good teams, and the games have just been toss-up, especially when you get to the state semifinals. You have Millard South, who defeated a Glenwood, Iowa team uh, this last week, 62-43, to stay undefeated 18-0. Fremont at 2, Southwest at 3, and then Central at 4. Lincoln High is number 5. They're still very good, but... Those top four, really, it's them and then kind of everyone else a little bit. For sure. And, I mean, every matchup, 
of those four has just been phenomenal. Love to see Millard South Fremont. That'd be a fun one. Ooh, yeah. Um, might have to wait till state for that, yep. <laughs> you know. But definitely, you know, it's a it's a good point. Obviously, last year, Pius and, and Fremont were kind of those top two teams. They played each other several times, and, and it was, you know, obviously Pius coming out on top each time. But, you know, this year, you know, Millard South is that undefeated team. But, you know, you still do have that same feeling that those teams are so close, you know, just kind of one of those any given night kind of things where, where they could catch them for sure. And that any given night could be in PBA in the yeah. future. In Class B, Elkhorn North, their one lost Omaha Scott, they win the Eastern Midlands Conference Final 54-37 over number 4 Norris. And Luke, we were wondering about how Norris would play Elkhorn North, and the Wolves just rolled. I mean, they're just such a talented team, not just Britt Prince, but all the different players and and they do a great job up there, Coach Ann Prince, too. They do a really good job preparing them for all the different opponents. I know pretty much every time they played Norris, uh, you know, they're going to come at it with a different approach. They did that last year. And, you know, I remember being at one of those games last year. They spoke a lot about how Norris's junk defense was, was hard to break down. Well, you know, having seen that probably 20-ish times, you know, since then, it's it's obvious, I think, that, that Britt Prince has, has done a great job you know, finding ways to contribute, even if she's going to be locked down as a shooter, as a scorer. You know, she's such a good passer and, and you know, just sees the, the floor so well that that's never going to be concerned. So being able to shut down Norris and, you know, really solidify that top two is, is really what it's looking like with, with that result. Well, for Norris, they bounce back with a quality win over Beatrice, who's ranked number seven, 47-38. But then Beatrice... Comes back and wins the Trailblazer Conference Tournament 51-44 over Wahoo, who's a very quality team as well. Yeah, you know, one, one of those things where Beatrice had a very good week and won that conference tournament. That's a good Wahoo team. Was up there, I believe, at number two in C1. Uh, dropped a couple spots in, in Clark Rowell's ratings after that. But then they come back, and, and Norris really gave them a, a tough game there at home down in Beatrice. And, you know, I was there super impressed by just kind of the the forward presence on this Norris team, you know, of their starting five, they have a really a true guard in Sophia Tolero, but then all four of their, their other players are, you know, kind of more forward oriented, you know, three and D they can, they can score in the post. So, you know, it's not always been consistent for Norris, but it's a team that just has so much potential. If the right thing happens and, you know, they're, they're on a, a scoring night, their length on defense really makes them tough to tough to get past. In C1, it was a difficult week for the contenders in C1 because it was Hastings St. Cecilia in C2, defeating both number two Grand Island Central Catholic and number three Lincoln Lutheran. But then you got Broken Bow sneaking up. They're number five. They win the Southwest Conference. Yeah, there was always going to be a lot of changes, a lot of happenings there in C1 with, with kind of the conference tournament week going on. And so you still got North Bend Central up there at number one, just the one loss. And Lincoln Lutheran, you know, they, they were close, pretty low-scoring game, as it's always going to be, you know, when, when they go up. But if they can't, you know, score enough points on their end, you know, to, to kind of make that low-scoring game worth it, that's really the challenge. And, and Hastings, St. Cecilia, they did a great job, you know, holding them to, you know, converting their chances when they needed to as well. That's why they, they came away with the, the conference title, and certainly Broken Bow, a team to watch. You know, they, they get to see a lot different schedule than some of these other C1 contenders, but 
man, they're good. You know, pretty much every team that they go up against is a real battle, and, and they bring it every night. And we just talked a little bit about C2. Hastings St. Celia continues to just go through their schedule. Their only loss was to Class B number 8 Adams Central, 45-36. And then UTAN enters the rankings at number 10 after winning the Capital Conference Tournament over Syracuse. Yeah, you know, at, at a certain level, you know, in, in high school sports, you don't know how much about, like, you know, narratives or, like, big wins. You know, it, it kind of fades away a little bit, in in my opinion, but it is kind of interesting to see, you know, Hastings St. Cecilia get past really the, the toughest two games of their season, you know, two really state tournament contenders up there in C1, you know, only to, to put out pretty much one of their worst performances of the season the next game. You know, obviously it's a, a huge rivalry there with Adam Central. Uh, definitely a loud gym, you know, loud crowd. Certain, you know, factors to play into it, you know, playing up two classes mm-hmm. as well. You got to factor that in Class B, you know, a, a ranked Class B team as well. So a little bit of a letdown there, but, you know, winning the conference tournament, one loss in 20 games, there's there's not much to complain about yep, there for, uh, for St. Cecilia. It's pretty good. I, yeah. I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> Uh, and that's it for the girls' side. And as we move down to Class A and boys, Luke, you were there for it. Bellevue West starting to get in a groove. 73-64 win over Miller North. Then follow that with a 74-63 win over Creighton Prep. Yeah, pretty much uh, the same score yeah. there. <laughs> Played the same game twice. Uh, but no, actually two very different games. You know, they, they really took it to Miller North there for a couple quarters. Mustangs made it a lot closer late in the game. Versus that prep game was pretty close the whole way through. Uh, prep hanging pretty tight after some tough losses themselves. But to me, you know, getting the chance to see Bell West and Miller North, you know, in person again, I was just blown away by the impact that Jacob Arap has on that Bellevue West team. You know, we, we've spoken several times just about how deep they are. You know, they're, they're going to run a whole new five in and off the court. You know, when they make substitutions every couple minutes, they've got these, you know, these three-point shooters coming fresh, ready to to make an impact. But when you have both Kyle and Arop in the post, also Evan Inselman, kind of a, a slasher, a guy who can score in the paint as well. You know, Arop, he's that big-bodied forward. He's going to take these guys on. And then you've got Kyle as a shot blocker. It is just so tough for opposing guards. It really kind of pushes out those those opposing offenses to the three-point line. You know, looking for more mid-range, low-percentage shots. So that's huge, you know, when, you, when you've already got that offensive basis and you got the impact on defense, too. Bellevue West really impressed me in that game. Yeah, and I mean, Arap is a sophomore. Inselman and, uh, uh, is a senior as well as William Kyle. But, I mean, man, that's only two guys. Again, they contribute, but you have all that come back next year, too. Absolutely. And the thing about Arap, too— is it's not just height, you know, it's physicality. He's he's a really good uh frame for in terms of rebounding, in terms of just battling down there in the paint. I'll tell you there I don't think there's many guys who can, you know, lower a shoulder and, and push him over. He's a really tough guy and I I certainly have a feeling he's gonna make some very big plays come this March. The future continues to be brighter for Bellevue West. Uh but the darling right now in class A is Gretna. They upset Bellevue West, follow that a couple weeks later with an upset over Omaha Central, 56-50. They put themselves inside the top five. And they seem to be doing just such a good job at winning these kind of, you know, 10, 5, 7-point games there in the the 50 to 60-point range 
only slip up against Papio South, 54-51 loss on January 22nd. But, I mean, man, they, they get their scoring from a couple of different ways. Obviously, we've talked about Pekorski. He's a fantastic player. Um, you know, obviously, Coach Brad Feekin, he does a great job. You know, that's a, a team that's rallying around each other right now. But more importantly, you know, this, this sophomore core, they are, they're not slowing down. You know, we're getting into crunch time now. If they can keep these performances going, I mean, they've, they've built plenty of momentum over the last couple of weeks. I got them up there in the top five, you know, always felt that they had the potential to be at this point at, at you know, at the end of the year, perhaps. And, and right now they're looking to make it a reality for sure. Let me repeat the sophomore core. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, then we move on to a more sadder storyline for my Northeast squad for Lincoln Northeast. Losing to both Grain Island and Elkhorn South over the weekend, they go down in the ratings. But then you get to a broader discussion about just the Lincoln teams. Northeast, Pius, and East are all close to each other, and Lincoln Southwest is then just outside the top 10. All of them just cluster there in the back half. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to some of the the games this upcoming week, and there are I'll tell you there are huge chances for all those teams to to really pick up some statement wins. And for Northeast, I you know that Grand Island loss is just going to sting. You know, having it at home, Grand Island come to their place and you know have pretty much your worst per- shooting performance of the season. You know, obviously you know it's going to be tough to guard against Trout, but if you only allow forty six points, you really yeah. expect to to come away with a win. And, you know, going to Elkhorn South the next day, that is a tough, tough Elkhorn South team that really stretches you physical, you know, shoots the three-pointer. They do not make it easy to to come away with a win, too. So back-to-back, that's obviously going to be tough. I think they'll they'll have some potential this next week to, you know, right the ship, pick up some wins again. You know, not, not going to hit full-blown panic mode. Still, you know, four losses out of 17 games is, is tremendous for Northeast there. They're still my highest-rated Lincoln team in the city, but really that margin right there, as you mentioned, is getting so small. You know, Pius, they they beat Northeast a little bit earlier in the year, too. They've been up and down, but they put in some really good scoring performances when it's on their day. And same thing for Southwest. Haven't been able to get it done against those top 10 teams. That's why they're out of the rankings right now. But still, they, they have the potential to put it all together for a few quarters and, and have a great game. And and Lincoln East the same, you know, really they've played such a tough schedule and it, it doesn't get much easier this next week and moving forward for, for East as well. But they continue to pick up wins in those games that they need to win. That's why right now they're the only Lincoln team projected to host a district. It's certainly going to be a fascinating finish to the season for in the city. And then in Class B, number 3 Bennington wins the EMC final 47-38 over Waverly. Luke, you were there? What did you see? For sure. And this Bennington team has a few of the same, you know, athletes that did a great job during the football season. But what they also have is just the toughness. And Class B basketball, everybody knows it's a grind. You know, it's all about who's able to withstand some of these tough moments. You're not always going to have a great shooting night. You know, you're, you're going to need to be able to win in a couple of different ways. And that game over Waverly, they went cold, but Austin Holt's just a fantastic mid-range player, you know, really carried the team to victory in that one. But, you know, other games, they have their other guys, Seth Wempin, Trey Bird, uh, two of those guys from the football team who are great guards as well. They get involved. You know, they, they get their guys in the post going too. 
And I, you know, I see that Waverly game and I'm thinking, wow, this Bennington team, you know, they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe they can challenge Scott there at the top. Scott, man, they're just they're just a class <laughs> above because they they go back and they destroy them 68 38 a couple couple days later and it's just incredible i i think it is it we should mention this every week i mean scott has number one team both class b girls and boys no losses just destroying pretty much everybody they play and scott the boys team doing a lot of this without mitch Scholl injured right now uh james ninifu and jj farron two of their their leading scorers continue to carry them and that is just a great team with a lot of depth it's really hard to see some of those other Class B teams challenging Scott right now. Now I wish we could have some cross-class matches. I know they played Pius yeah. earlier in the year, but I want to see them play against Westside, Bellevue West, Middle North, just one of those kind of top three, even Central. Absolutely. I so uh, then in the dynamics of Class B, Platteview beats Beatrice in the Trailblazer Conference semis. Beatrice won that game earlier, and then drama for York in the Central Conference Tournament, winning it, um, or did they tie at the last second, then won in yep. overtime, correct? Exactly. Yes. Clark Rell wrote a gamer on that one, and man, I saw that play they des- they designed up, and whew, that worked really nice. And, you know, the funny thing is, I'm sure if they ran that in practice 10 times, you know, who, who knows how many yeah. times it would succeed, <laughs> you know, just one of those things in a game, it just worked to perfection, and regardless of how the rest of the season goes, that'll be a, a big highlight for them. You know, you dream of, of something like that, a, a huge chance to to tie the game and eventually win it there. And, yeah, that, that York team, they've had talent all year long, you know, continue to drop some games, which was why they weren't always in the top 10. But, you know, now that we're 20, you know, 21, 22 games through it into the season, you know, you can see that they picked up some good wins here. Obviously, that one over Seward uh, was pretty good. They're up there at number 10. Going to be a little bit of a challenge. You know, we'll see how the the district final seedings go out. But that York team definitely has a, a chance at making it. And I will say that that Trailblazer matchup, Platteview and Beatrice, both state tournament teams from last year, they're going to expect to be back there again this year. You know, Platteview coming back and, and winning a game that they had lost earlier in the year. You know, it, it builds up a little bit of confidence for those guys. You know, they've they played such a tough schedule, and they, they've lost a few of those really challenging games. But... If they can start picking up some wins in those ones, obviously we all know about Connor Milliken. We know how how dangerous that Platteview team can be if they get rolling. And then uh, in C1, Ashland Greenwood sticks at number one after winning the Capital Conference, and Cardinal Catholic right behind him after winning a daunting Centennial Conference. But then after that, it gets a little messy. Wahoo loses to Wayne. Concordia lost to Cardinal Catholic. And then that leaves the door open for Auburn, who now rises to number three. Yeah, and at the beginning of the year, you know, my preseason rankings, I was like, well, you know, Auburn's won 50, you know, (laughs) two or 53, whatever games it was in a row, obviously. They're going to be preseason number one. And, you know, they lose those two big overtime games earlier in the year. And, you know, they kind of drop down a little bit, and it's like, okay, you know, we've got these other C1 contenders. Well, hey, you know, we're we're getting into February, and obviously – Auburn hasn't lost lost again after that. You know, they're they're a team that that always does a great job winning at this point in the year. So I'm sure the other C1 contenders are going, oh no, you know, here we here we go again. Auburn Auburn in great form here in February. So Ashland and, and Carney Catholic pretty much I think expected to win those those conference titles, but first one in a long time for Ashland. Uh, you know, they, they celebrate that one pretty 
pretty heavily. Obviously, Carney Catholic, uh, a contender there in Centennial Conference always. So both those teams did what they had to do and, and came away with some hardware. And then in C2, week, uh, big week of basketball. Hastings St. Cecilia upset Grand Island Central Catholic 58 to 42 in the Centennial Conference tournament. Uh, they eventually lose the final to Carney Catholic, who we just mentioned. But then the Crusaders follow up with a 46-44 loss to unranked Adams Central. A rough week for Tino Martinez and his squad, and they're looking to just bounce back. Yeah, and I always kind of had this feeling that you know their schedule would catch up to them at some point. You know, in terms of okay, like picking up several losses. Not so much in the sense that you drop a game that they were probably expecting to win. And, you know, nothing against Hastings. Obviously, they're a great, you know, ranked C2 team. But, you know, that Grand Island team, they obviously have those championship expectations. You know, they're a team that's been there in C2 and had really been chugging along, you know, all year pretty much having their toughest games against teams up a class or two. So when you have another C2, you know, state tournament team come in and, and give them a pretty handy loss, you know, it it is difficult. You do need to refocus and kind of say, hey, you know, these are the teams, this is the opposition that we're up there against. And then for, for Adam Central, I mean, they're definitely partying that night after yeah. taking off, you know, two uh, ranked Hastings St. Cecilia teams. Obviously some some huge results there for Adam Central. So right now the C2 landscape, it, it kind of shifted a bit, but – I do get the sense, you know, Grand Island will will rise back up again and and maybe Hastings will be able to to find their level as well. Well, that's all what happened over the last week. It was a lot, but again, it's laying the path for the postseason here in February. Don't go away. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to look at the big picture of the layout of each class in both girls and boys whose favorites, contenders, dark horse, all that and more here on the Prep Extra Podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Prep Extra Podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. Jeff Ekstrom alongside Luke Mullen. Luke, we're looking at the big picture. We're scrolling out a little bit, and we're going to take a look at some teams who are favorites, contenders, dark horses, and all of that. And let's start in Class A in girls. I mean, most of these early favorites are going to be the number one teams, and you can yep. check out that and all the ratings at prepextra.com. In Class A, obvious one, Miller South is contender. But rising as of late, Lincoln Southwest is in that contender status. Yeah, and really wanted to to kind of take this big picture look too because I think everybody's, you know, looking ahead at this point thinking what do we have to do to get to that point? You know, what do we have to do to to make ourselves elevate a little bit in status there? So this stuff changes so much week to week. You know, last week it would have been, you know, maybe Central or or another team perhaps as as that contender. Obviously Millard South and Fremont, those are the top two teams and in girls in Class A right now, but that that Southwest team has so much talent. You know, certainly they they do look like a team that can make a run there at state. And then in Dark Horse, it's Lincoln Pius X. We have slotted down, and right now they're ranked number seven, but they're thirteen and four. And also, I want to pitch in there my own take of I think Lincoln High could be thrown in there as well. Yeah, and a few of these Dark Horses too are 
you know, obviously Pius defending champion, you know, nobody's going to yeah. claim that they'd be <laughs> shocked to see him at the state tournament. But you do have some dark horses who are outside of the top 10, you know, some teams that really need to make a district run. Pius, you know, they I think they have some of the experience that they need. Addison Markowski, one of the best guards really in Class A. She's had some huge games, you know, when they, when they can get her open looks at the three-point line. And you never know. Some of those players on Pius, when, when they have an on-game, they can really score it as well. In Class B, I would say we have right now listed Omaha Scott. I would say sl- just a tab. It's like 1A and 1B. Yeah. Because even though Scott beat Elkhorn North, I mean, it's Elkhorn North. They're good. So they're up there. But in the contender status, we have Norris, who has been trying to crack into that top two with Scott and Elkhorn North. Haven't quite done that yet, though. Yeah, really any of those, I think, Class B teams could be considered a contender right yeah. behind, you know, the, the top two. At this point in time, you know, we, we think we have our, our state final potential matchup there set. Obviously, anything can happen, but a matchup between Scott and Elkhorn North would, would be phenomenal to watch. Norris has had some battles with uh, with Elkhorn North already, and they'll face both of those teams in, in the next week to, to end their season, so... Super interested to see if if those go close, if they can, you know, kind of keep that contender status, or if they'll have some more work to do in in the postseason. And then Dark Horse, we have Beatrice listed down. They just dropped one by nine points to Norris, but again, they're Dark Horse. Anything can happen. I will say, you know, getting the chance to see them in person. What I like about that Beatrice team is they have some great forwards who they really need them to get involved. You know, get scoring down low because Addie Hatcliffe. One of the best three-point shooters I've seen all year. Uh, she's just swished pretty much every time there's an open look. Just a sophomore. Phenomenal potential there in Beatrice. Another player who can make a big um, impact in the postseason. Move on down to C1. We have the early favorite, North Bend Central, with Emmanuel Sisters right there. There's no wonder they are the early favorite. But then contender, we have Broken Bow. Absolutely. You know, they've, they've made a run here the last couple of weeks, and... You know, it's quite interesting. Sometimes there's a, a lot of overlap between the wild card points and our ratings, you know, the way we evaluate these teams. Well, Broken Bow, currently number one in wild card points, uh, projected to, they could be the number one uh, sub district and potentially district final host there. So, something else that, you know, does help a lot when it comes to kind of paving that path there to the postseason. And, yeah, just looking at their schedule, they have a couple of Tier 3 teams, but in their final three games of the year, they do have a match with Ord, who is 15-5. and five. They win that. That's another number one Tier 1 win, which would help them solidify that spot. And at the Dark Horse, we have a local team, Malcolm. And it, it just shows, I think, how deep this C1 field is that Malcolm isn't in the top 10. Uh, they're in the top 10 in wildcard points, so could potentially you know, get a district district and uh, district final appearance there. You know, last year it was, it was pretty tough for them to, to miss out on state. Uh, a disappointing performance there in districts, but, you know, there's always that potential to, to learn from it and come back stronger this year. So interested to see if, if Malcolm can get it done. And then in C2, Hastings St. Cecilia is the early favorite. They dropped their first game of the year against Adam Central, like we mentioned before, after running through this tough Centennial Conference tournament. Uh, and then we have as a contender, we have Crofton, who's been in the conversation the past three years. Absolutely, and that's exactly why they're that contender. 
you know, they, they have a lot of experience, experienced players in coaching, and a, a team that has a lot of talent as well. You know, Hastings has been, you know, that favorite. And there's a couple teams right behind them. You know, Ponca, that's a, another team that's just like Croft and a lot of state tournament experience. And on the other hand, you've got the dark horse, Utan, who's really making a rise here here late in the season. So a little bit of, you know, contrasting fortunes then, but a team that has a lot of potential as well. Yeah, Utan, their last loss, December 30th. They won wow. 11 in a row and coming off a Nebraska Capital Conference tournament win. Been so, a whole year since they lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> and now moving down to the boys' list, the early favorite we have at number one, Omaha Westside. Uh, and then in contender status, we have Omaha Central who can make a run. I mean, easily the top five in boys could make a run at the state tournament win. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. And to me personally, I had Bellevue West as the preseason favorite. And it is still pretty tempting to say they could be postseason favorite, but the level of basketball that Westside has played this regular season I think has been even even higher than Bellevue West, which is just a, a total credit to that Westside team and coaching staff. They have just been phenomenal night in, night out. So definitely don't feel bad saying that they're the favorite there in Class A, but you know, Central, they're, they're a team who can really score it, too, you know, known for their, their pace of play, uh, you know, one of those OPS powerhouses that, that always brings it to, to teams across Class A. Been a little un- inconsistent. That's why they're not up there at the top. But, you know, everybody, everybody knows that run that Central had. You know, Coach Eric Barron's his last go of things. Yeah, but say the emotional standpoint yeah. before he moves on to Westview. Westview, yep. yeah. Uh, activities director. And then... As the dark horse, the Carpenter, the Carter Templemeyer show, Lincoln East. Yeah, I've I've kind of been beating the Lincoln East drum here for a couple of weeks, and I, I keep saying it. They're a team that can score it. Do they have the defense? You know, do they have the ability to to lock down some of those elite post players? That's the challenge. But I like where they're sitting right now in potential district host status. You know, they're they're a team that can get streaky. They've really pushed some of those top ten, even top five teams so far. And we'll have another chance to to get a really good look at them this weekend for sure. In Class B, Tomas got no more words needed. Beatrice contender, and I Beatrice is interesting because they just keep on trucking, even though losing almost their whole starting lineup from last year's state tournament winner. For sure, that's why it's interesting, you know, to to put the defending champion right there in contender. Uh, it's happened a couple of times, and and might happen again in these you know, early look aheads, but regardless, this Beatrice team, you know, they, they need to be able to have that, that varied scoring, you know, seeing them against Norris, Elliot Jerkins and, and Tucker Timmerman, I believe had about 70 or 80% of their points in that win, which is fine during the regular season, you know, to pick up some of those wins. But when it comes to state tournament, yes, you do need your stars to show up, but you really need your role players to, to pick up some buckets here and there and to me, that Beatrice team, all those guys, they had that potential. They have a great seven-man rotation. If they all show up, they could be you know, in for another run at, at being a defending champion. Well, you can't leave out our midseason player of the year, Connor Milliken and Platteview. They're our dark horse. When you, got a, when you got a guy who averages 27 points, I mean, you can't leave him out of something like this, right? Yeah, you know, who's to say he's not going to score 55 in the, yeah. in the state tournament like he did during the regular season, so... They're, they will always be a team, I think, that, you know, in Class B, you'd feel pretty bad about, 
getting drawn about uh, just because you know (laughs) there's no stopping that guy. In C1, Ashlyn Greenwood, Cale Jacobson leading it. The Blue Jays, they are our early favorite. But then like we just mentioned, Auburn going in at number three. They are our contender. I mean, they might not have Cam Biner anymore, but they're very balanced. They're disciplined. They know what their game plan is. And they're just going to beat you with their game plan. They're not going to alter things um, unless they seem makes it seem fit. So they're really well coached team by Jim Weeks. Yeah, what I like about that Ashland team there at number one as well is that Cale Jacobson, he's such a good scorer, but he's such a good passer too. I mean, he gets all of his teammates involved. And that, that whole starting five there down in Ashland, they can all shoot, they can all score, they all bring the defense, all things that you need, obviously, for the postseason and that Auburn team as well, I think, is is doing a little bit better job at three-point shooting than they have, uh, you know, at times during each of the last two seasons, sometimes playing more inside-out, uh, you know, with those great guards who can drive into the paint and score. Well, they've got some great shooters this year, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of, you know, marry that style with, you know, the, the postseason style that seems to work there as well. But Auburn definitely up there as a contender once again. Since they lost that six-overtime game against Hardington Cedar Catholic, they have won, let me calculate, 10 in a row. So they're doing just fine. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then our dark horse, Fort Calhoun, or Fort Calhoun slash D.C. West. And I have to put the slash there because it's quite interesting. Those teams are actually in the same district along with Omaha Concordia, oh, who's the top five team. Pretty brutal there for for the Omaha area. All three of those teams. So, you know, I'm not sure how the the dis you know the district final at large burst will go. You know, to see where those teams would get seated eventually. You know, they could have a a very very difficult matchup depending on how things go. But both of those teams just have a ton of talent. They can really bring the scoring at times. And uh, the Schwartz brothers on on Fort Calhoun, Brady Travis, uh, a great scorer there for DC West could could make some noise as well and then in c2 humphrey Lindsay holy family who defeated Howe's dodge in a big landscape game in c2 they are all early favorite and then contender we also have a slash donovan trumbull in grand island central catholic pretty close to each other right there yep. just down the road two schools from the same area and they had a great battle against each other earlier in the year and both those teams too it's they have a lot of forward talent which you know it's interesting to see Humphrey, that's a very well-rounded team, a team that you know has three-point shooting, a little bit of scoring inside too, but some little bit, little bit different styles there would be interesting to see. You know, eventually in the state tournament, obviously Humphrey defending state champs. Uh, you know, nothing has happened this year to to dispute that. They've just been dominating and and picking up big wins wherever they need to. So they're the favorite. And then Dark Horse, we have Cross County. Luke, you put them at number nine in your latest rankings on prepextra.com. And 17-2, and two, but they mostly play the D1, D2 schedule. But you have the Seam Brothers. Yeah, they de- they definitely uh, play down a little bit in terms of the scheduling. But obviously, you know, a, a state final football team, they have a lot of the same athletes. Corey Hollinger, uh, FCS or FBS, I think South Dakota – yeah, South Dakota football commit. He's pretty much one of those walking double double guys there. <laughs> you know, he's he's just a, a brick wall there on the boards. Would not want to battle him out for the basketball. So Cross County, they you know they they do some question marks, obviously based on the schedule. But I think the caliber of athlete they could they could make some noise there in the postseason. And there is our I guess landscape view 
of everything as we get down to the final stretch of the season. Don't worry. We're going to have more of that here in the next couple of weeks. Man, I'm just looking forward to those district seedings and we can evaluate state tournament. It's going to be very fun. State tournament basketball is, I think, Luke and I could both say one of our best, yeah. favorite times of the year. So we're very excited. But let's look ahead at what's going on in the next week. And in girls basketball, we got a couple of good ones in Class A. Lincoln High is at Fremont on Friday. And for me, Lincoln High, that's kind that's a big game in terms of deciding are you gonna enter that top four or are you that distinct one left out outside looking in? And it's also interesting for Lincoln High too, like do you choose to run with Fremont? Do you choose to slow it down? You know, a little bit of a strategy there, too, to see how you match up against a team who can really score the ball. And Lincoln High, you know, they can score it, too. But you got to pick your poison. you got to pick your moments against a team like Fremont. Certainly could be some potential, I think, there for, for Lincoln High to, to pull off an upset if they, if they slow things down, if they're able to, to kind of hold Fremont off. And then a uh, possible state title slash semifinal matchup, Millard South at Omaha Central. The rematch is set for Saturday. Millard South, who's undefeated, beat Omaha Central last time. And it would have been, you know, just a little bit more uh, of esteemed of a rematch if Central hadn't dropped that game Mm -hmm. to Southwest. But no doubt about it, if you like good guard play, some of the best guards in the whole state, both sides will be on display in that game. Expect some... Some good scoring, some good uh, pace of play for sure. And then uh, we also got some good B slash C1 games this weekend. Beatrice is against Wahoo, and then Adam Central taking on Kearney Catholic. Yeah, it's like, you know, we, we get these conference tournaments, and then you see some of the same matchups right afterwards, and you think, well, then these teams just play? Well, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, play them again. You, you learn something new every time. So Beatrice and Wahoo, two of those contenders, you know, Wahoo trying to – I guess build up some of the ground that they lost last week there, dropping a few rankings in C1. And then Adam Central, you know, making that push there in Class B versus Kearney Catholic, uh, a good potential state tournament team in C1. And then lastly, Lincoln Lutheran will play Hastings St. Cecilia on Saturday. Another good one. Rematch of a um, Centennial Conference. Yeah, and I think much needed for Lincoln Lutheran, uh, really in terms of confidence, you have to think, you know, not not that they got shellacked or were like beaten so badly, but just in terms of you know committing to your style of basketball, showing that you can score against a tough opponent. I certainly expect a, a better shooting performance second time around. And then in boys basketball in Class A, it's the A Street rivalry: Lincoln East at Lincoln Pius X on Friday. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a, a great environment, and super excited to to see how it goes, you know, which team can can come away with that tough win because certainly I have a feeling that's going to be a, a four-quarter battle, not going to be easy easy points anywhere. And so the Hostriders and Brady Christensen, they had a huge game last week against Omaha Burke, really their best scoring performance this season. And I feel like we've said it a couple times, you know, okay, Pius has a huge game. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are they starting to get rolling? Well, they, they really need to prove it in a really tough environment there against East. Well, then the next day on Saturday is another big day for Lincoln teams. East has to follow that road game at Pius by hosting number two Bellevue West. And then Northeast hosts number six Prep. And then Southwest travels to number three Miller North. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, running around a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I'll catch that Bell West game and be able to drive down to Omaha for Southwest Miller North. 
And for all three of those matchups, it's not necessarily expecting to win. It's expecting to compete because night in, night out, you know these, you know, Bellevue West, Miller North, that's what makes them so good. You know, even when their opposition might not be state tournament or might not be the toughest opponent on their schedule, they're going to bring it. You know, they're they're going to be able to score it, bring the same intensity that they do in those huge, you know, packed gyms, big rivalries. So for Lincoln teams, you know, Southwest going on the road, that's a huge challenge for them. And and Northeast probably getting one of their, their biggest home games of the year against Prep. We saw them battle against Miller North for a couple quarters and, and fall short. I do think that that Prep team poses some challenges in terms of their height and their overall athleticism too. But Northeast, you know, that's some of their, their strengths in terms of athletic uh, scoring and getting to the hoop. So that could be a really good matchup for them to try to win. How can the Rockets bounce back? I need it. I need a loop. And then Auburn and Freeman. Freeman could be a rematch in the ECNC tournament. Only lost the year for Freeman. Uh, pretty much had their their worst shooting performance there against Auburn. Sometimes it happens, but that's a Freeman team that's you know looking like one of their best in the last few seasons. They want to make some noise. They can prove it there against Auburn for sure. And then a big one in C2. Howells Dodge and Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family is a possible rematch in the East Husker Conference Tournament. Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family won the first time in what was originally rescheduled, and now they could face each other a second time. And if they see each other at state, I think they'll be they'll yeah. be pretty sick of each other yeah. by then. But <laughs> certainly uh, some excitement for that one, you know, to win the conference tournament. Howells Dodge, they've been really close to, to Humphrey's level yeah. over each of the last two seasons, and big opportunity for them to, to kind of push up a little bit. Well, Luke, that wraps up all the stuff we have coming up. Who can spot you this week? Yeah, so Friday I'll be at that Pius East game. I'm sure many of you listeners will be there or following along online. And then Saturday, as I mentioned, you know, hopefully to be able to check out two of those big top 10 clashes. And we'll definitely keep an eye on, on all the different results going on. It's going to be a very fun week of high school basketball here in the state of Nebraska. And you can keep up with all of that on PrepExtra.com for the latest ratings, gamers, features, everything you need to know to keep up in the middle of Nebraska high school basketball action. That's going to wrap things up. I've been your host, Jeff Extra, alongside Luke Mullen. This has been another episode of the Prep Extra podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Now go out and enjoy some basketball.